This is Cult Scene's K-Pop Unmuted, a podcast dedicated to in-depth discussion of K-Pop. We're your hosts, Stephen Knight, Alexis Oloyan, and Nenkai Agor. And on this episode, we're discussing K-Pop releases from September 2019. Usually for our monthly roundups, we have a guest, and this time, I guess we could call her a special guest because she's an entertainment writer and she's also a, a Cult Scene contributor. Thank you, Nenkai, for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm pretty excited about this. It was really funny because she tweeted like that she wanted to be on yeah. a podcast. And I was like, you do know that we have a podcast, right? And like the door is <laughs> open. It's just that no one ever wants to come on and talk to and talk with us. All right. Well, Alexis is making me start out this episode because my first pick is actually from the end of August which I think is perfectly legitimate because if you don't pick songs from the end of a month, then those songs never are eligible to be on an episode. So my first pick is Crush's Napa. One of the most interesting things about this song is actually the label that released it. This is P Nation's first ever release. P Nation is size label that I'm sure many of you know about and have been anticipating. Um, as far as I know, I think that the artists on the label are obviously Crush and Psy, Kiana and Edon, and Jesse, who about a week ago put out the second release from P Nation. So things are underway. It seems like it's taking a long time for Kiana and Edon in particular, but we did get Crush's Nampa, right? So this track has, as one would expect, Crush's signature smooth R&B vocals. Honestly, I don't listen to K-pop so that I can hear smooth R&B vocals. I feel like I can get that other places, but Crush does some really interesting things with the music and with the vocals too. The backing track of the song, I think is really interesting. It, it starts out with some bent notes and kind of undefined beats and the promotional material for the song describes it as a bossa nova. You know, I'm not good at identifying beats. There, there does sound to me like bossa nova at, in parts of the song, and it definitely has jazz elements. That That's how they describe it officially? Yeah. I mean, I've seen that a lot. And it seems like oh, I've, wow. I saw that somewhere official. It doesn't say this is a bossa nova, but some, you know, bossa nova oh. influenced or the word bossa nova appears. And there is a there is a part where, it sound, where the beat sounds like that. But one of the fun things about the song is there's so many different beats that kind of drift in and out underneath the vocals. So even if it even if part of it is legitimately a bossa nova beat, there's lots of the song that's not. And that to me is like I said, what I really like about the song. There's so many different sounds that come in and out, phase in and out of the song as it goes along different versions of uh, synths, uh, you know, piano, jazz, guitar. And that's that's what makes it interesting to me. There are a few little surprising things in the vocals where Crush takes a really exaggerated, like, deep breath, or where there's an unexpected just break in the song where the song stops. But as one would expect from Crush, there's a, a jazz influence, his vocals. 
and the uh, the all these weird things that are going on with the music are kind of subtle just because they're so you know it's not like an i got a boy type thing where crazy stuff is happening right in front of you it's it's the vocals are the focus of the song and you kind of have to listen to hear uh, some of the other interesting stuff that's going on i was surprised that i mean i guess it makes sense because we're well i guess fall already started but like the music video is very summery and i'm just gonna go ahead and assume that it was filmed in california so one would think so it was interesting to like see the scenery and everything like very very fall but it's kind of like a sad boy anthem so i like like that juxtaposition plus i would i'm not really sure what was going on in the in the music video when he like vomits the the toy someone was saying that that meant that he was immature but i i don't know i we need joe for that to interpret the music video i could see that though for that being like his immaturity um, pretty interesting analysis but yeah yeah he definitely changes after after he finishes regurgitating all those toys and I like that it's it doesn't because he did switch labels, but is is this is his first under P Nation, right? Yes, this is the yes. first of anybody under P Nation. Yeah, so I really like that. Like I watched this and it didn't see, like I mean, I guess the music the the video is different from other stuff that he's done, but it's but it's it still felt like this is crush. Like he didn't change you know like there's no like influence like outside influences or whatever yeah i would guess he had a lot of control over it i don't actually know know the background though it's a cool song it's because i know i i did go into see uh, the lyrics but i was kind of like i'm not i'm not that into it in that way but i just i like the vibe of it like i would listen to the song if like i don't know i was driving like a really nice little turn for crush um Usually it's super, like his vibe is super like you know R and get you know like you always know that and I guess adding the bossa nova aspects of it kind of just changed that and gave it like a little bit more depth if you will to the song really like expanding his repertoire of like, his music because I wasn't really expecting it from him but it was a nice little change. So, Nenkai, what do you have for us as your first pick? Um, my first pick is actually Twice as Feel Special. Um, oh, yeah. We can't forget that one. Yes. Okay. So, I haven't been like too impressed with their releases lately, but this one I was like, okay, like, I can get behind this. I really did like it. I like this direction that they've gone, um, especially as it started off with MCU. Obviously, they're maturing. I guess, like, one of my most favorite parts of it was Cheon's little trap beat rap that she had in it. I mean, everybody knows, like, the trap beat or the trap. <laughs> it's just the thing right now. <laughs> but uh, I liked it as far as it offsetting, like, the rest of the song. Because it kind of did feel, for a little bit, it kind of did feel redundant. But with her adding that in, like, her end on it, it kind of just was like, okay, give it like an extra little bit of a 
what you mean. There's not a lot of contrast between the verses and the chorus. You know, the the energy at least is is pretty similar throughout the song. So the rap does still very break it up twice, but not as super well, like in yeah. your face, if you will. I guess about it. Um, if you're comparing it to like some of their previous songs, like Likey, that's where I kind of like kind of like oh. Like, I felt hard done by it. Like, people did not give like oh, the respect so they deserved, good. and I was like, "Why? Like, this is great. You guys are letting this flop <laughs> for no reason. Why?" Um, so yeah. it I, kind I of, just hate the phrase "me likey." I've always it's kind of like one of like moist and those kind of <laughs> words. I just freaking hate like "me yeah. likey." So when they came out with that song, I was just like, "Oh no." <laughs> But if you get past it, it's so good. Yeah. You know, I've heard that like fa- that this song and Fancy You have not mm-hmm. been charting as well as their earlier songs. Like they were just pegging number one with every song that, that came out. And now they've, you know, they've changed their sound a little bit and it's not, hasn't been accepted. I mean, it they still do, they're still like top 10, but they're not just crushing it like they were earlier. Speaking of the sound... I mean, beyond their singles, I, I'm not really that acquainted with Twice. So even before the music video with just the teasers, mm-hmm. because in the teasers, they use like that intro part and those like twinkling sounds. I was like, this sounds like got seven. And then the music, the, the song came out and like, yeah, it goes somewhere else, but it's still, it does, it I'm not going to say that it's like female GOT7, but it I see oh. the GOT7 in there because it reminded me a lot of like how you are and look and even lullaby start. Oh, with like, so I was like, hmm. So I don't know. I just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> also for, for me, for my liking, I've never really look to twice for like serving looks but i thought that styling wise is probably like one of their strongest releases i really liked mm-hmm. the both of the outfits that they were wearing um in the dance breaks they're wearing like with a lot of there's one with their when they're all wearing like a lot of tulle and there's another one when they're wearing like the satin which i thought that it was super provocative for twice but i'm here <laughs> for it they look they look amazing how about Chewie's outfit, though? The one with the flowers? I don't remember. That, that I don't know. That goddess outfit that just way over the top. Oh, yeah. And head and, yeah. Yeah, she came out here looking like the Virgen de Guadalupe or something. I don't know. I don't know what was happening with that. Oh, time for my for my. Yeah, part. let's hear this. <laughs> okay, so this one is kind of a bit of an oddball. Um, because she's not an idol. Um, so Pony, she's like the queen of K-beauty on YouTube, um, came out with a song to promote her new line with MAC Cosmetics, and it's called Divine. And, you know... That's my favorite thing about this song, by the way, is that it's Divine <laughs> featuring MAC Cosmetics. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, so, I mean, it's not really... It's not like anything revolutionary or anything um Mm -hmm. i just whenever a youtuber comes out with a song i just like automatically come in with a like no like what are you doing but this like i think that's appropriate yeah like this 
completely like surprised me. I wasn't expecting that from Pony. And apparently she she did the same thing last year with Bobby Brown, which is another brand. She did a song also. So I don't I don't know if she has like, you know, maybe she was she had a dream of being a singer or something, but I think she does it really well for what it is. Um, I really like that it's like synthy, but it's not like 80s, like you know that that 80s synth that everyone's doing right now. Like it's very, I don't know, like something you would have heard a couple of years ago, which I don't think it's bad. This, this opinion is like too out there but I think that with all with all her because it's in her in her packaging and everything that it's like she incorporates like ta like tarot cards and like you know the sun sign so I felt like this could exist in like a bootleg Luna universe I've heard people say the kids say that yeah yeah like even though the production like of the actual song is not that sophisticated I do think that it's like in line with that and maybe that's what you know, like caught my eye, but yeah, like props to, to, um, Pony. And I saw a lot of shady tweets saying like, Oh, like Pony used to be like CL's, um, makeup artist. And she came out with a song before her. And I was like, Oh, a point fired. <laughs> exactly. But, but yeah, a lot of people were just calling her CL's makeup artist and i'm like no she like worked for her a little bit but it's, she's not like cl's mua like she just did it for a little bit but anyway pony i i i really like that what do you guys think so i think you can tell that she's not a trained idol you know the dancing and so on but, but she held I, her I own like the song. yeah i mean they made it work they made it work i mean there are trained idols who put out way worse than her that is true the song is good I'll, I'll give you that i don't think you have to be you know uh i don't think it's necessary to train for 10 years and to be yeah. naturally gifted to put out a, a good song i think that's been proven many times over well she had that black budget so yeah i thought i was really impressed because i was like oh like some of the other um korean beauty gurus i follow I was like, usually when they do like little collabs and stuff like that, I was like, not on this kind of scale. So like props to Pony for that. Was it super crazy about the song at all? But I do like respect the effort for it though, because she did what she had to do. But I wonder if, if it's going to be like an ongoing trend. Yeah, I know it's like a trend for her. Well, you know, I was going to say, I think it is kind of a trend because uh, like just this weekend, I became aware of Wenji. I don't know if you guys have heard of her, <laughs> Australian uh, YouTube personality, and she's put out like three songs or so in there. You know, they're pretty good. Well, all the former idols are becoming YouTubers, so why not That's the true. other way around? Makes sense. Uh, I just think it's pretty cool. Like, I'm excited to see like if it like the trend continues, like what more they're going to start putting out. And then they're going to recruit the former idols who are now um, YouTubers to, like, band together, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But I just thought it was, like, a... 
I don't know if inventive is the word, but it seems like she really wanted to do this. And it's a Mac collab. And I like looked into it and they sell it at Nordstrom and a bunch of stuff is already sold out. So good for her. Well, believe it or not, I've got a pick that is also a promoted uh, collaboration type of song. Dreamcatcher's Deja Vu. And in fact, that, that whole album, I think the album might be called Deja Vu too. It's a collaboration with a mobile game, King's Raid. It seems like, you know, similar to the Pony song that somebody put up some money for this. The The music video is gorgeous. And the and King's Raid's channel has put out like a Japanese language version with an animated video. And they put out a lyric video. They've got all kinds of cross promotions <laughs> and things. So This you know. makes so much sense now. <laughs> oh, yeah? You, you, <laughs> I, I watched the video and I was just yeah. like, this looks like an anime intro, like an intro song, OST. And right. I was like, what's going on? I don't understand the plot. But, and like all the imagery, but okay, I get it now. Is it just that song yeah. or like the whole album? Their whole album yeah. is associated with this. I, I think it's the whole album. Actually, the album is called Raid of Dream. Uh, and the game is King's Raid. So obviously, I think they were involved in the whole album, which is really interesting. And they had they had like you know codes in with the album and things, so I, I think the whole mini album is a is probably a collaboration. Another thing about the whole mini album is it was all the songs were produced by uh, the same producers, Lees and Olander. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. And these these producers have been doing uh, like since Dreamcatcher's first two minis, I think. Lees and Olander have been doing the majority, like literally the majority of Dreamcatcher songs have been produced by them, which may not be a surprise because you know Dreamcatcher does have a pretty coherent sound and i think that their familiarity with dreamcatcher this may just be my own crazy theory but i think it really paid off in the way that the the group's vocals are highlighted in this uh song you know the strengths of the members because they have some really great power vocalists but the other members who maybe don't have the range or the power also have some really nice voices you know they're just not the type that would when you know the voice or or whatever some kind of competition show and the song has such huge contrasts between the the quiet piano parts and sometimes there's a drum machine in the background and then the chorus is just this crazy rock orchestra type thing and the quiet parts even the singing is quiet you know over the piano and the you know the members who don't necessarily have powerful voices but have really nice voices and and good control you know i think when you're singing quietly that can be difficult yeah, too for sure. like everyone had had like their role really well like executed i felt yeah well yeah a lot of people pointed to the the holding this pain part of the song that leads into the pre-chorus that handong sings that i agree is just gorgeous you know and she's she's not one of the she's not the lead vocalist or the main vocalist but the way she sings that is just so good 
and the the quiet parts of the song also allow some of the uh, members who have who sound good in a lower vocal range to sing. There's some really unusually low parts of this song for a girl group, K-pop girl group, especially Dami stands out. She's the rapper. She really doesn't sing a lot, um, but her part is really nice too. And then of course you've got the, that chorus with the, the metal guitars and double bass drums and everything. And you've got Yu Hyun and Shion who are the, the power vocalists sort of battling with that band. And that's, I think with it, with that kind of, those kind of vocals, when you're going up against an orchestra or a rock band or something, I, I think that really highlights the the strengths of those singers. So I think that's one of the cool things about the song. And, and that's, I attribute that in part again to, I think the producers are just familiar with the group and I think they did a great job crafting a song that, that uh, really highlights that. I will say if I had to complain about something, I think they've got a new choreographer and I think the choreography has its, has some highlights in it, but overall, I don't think it's as strong as a lot of their choreography has been in the past. Speaking of choreography, I really want like the dance, the dance version to come out, the choreography version, just because the those looks with the vinyl trench coats, they were just like two seconds long, and I was like, "What the fuck? Those are the best looks. I want to see more of that." I did tweet about that. Those are. I think uh, I read Tamar's article. She referred to them as dusters. So I don't know okay. if I've have been corrected. Um, I th- I thought they were raincoats. Too. Yeah, they seem like thicker, but they were in frame for like two seconds. But anyway, they were they wore they wore them on a, on a music show. I think they have come out with the dance vid, the dance practice video, and uh, you know they're just wearing practice clothes, but. Maybe they'll come out with a choreography version. I feel like I'm talking about styling so much this episode. But anyway, it was great. Yeah. Okay, so moving on. I have to represent the boy group agenda on this show. So um, my next pick is One Us. One Us? I have ne- I had never said that group's name out loud. One Us. Um. They came out, they had a recent comeback with, the, the song is called Lit. I'm, I, I didn't look into, honestly, I didn't look into the lyrics to know what they mean by lit. But it, if it just means like, you know, like lit, that kind of like really interesting with like the, the song and the music video. But anyway, so one is, is I feel like they're one of those groups, the, rookie, the really interesting rookie groups are coming out this this year they're building a very interesting discography i would say and this is like the latest it i really i mean obviously it's not like the first time that this has happened but um i i'm really am a fan of when a, an act effectively combines like the traditional korean instruments with like you know trap or hip-hop or anything i i believe i read that the instrument's called a gajakyum Gayagum, I think, something like that. Gayagum, yeah. I liked how the like that combination like carries on throughout the entire song and it's not just only, you know, like in a verse or before the chorus or anything. Like I think it's obviously and apparently not as, you know, like elegant as Vix's Shangri-La. Like this is more boyish and playful, but I feel like there's room for that too. Like there's place for that. 
at the end they have like these this EDM breakdown that was very like Big Bang and I'm not saying it like oh they copied Big Bang I actually like I I like that they did that you know it was it was I don't know maybe I just missed Big Bang <laughs> but it was like nice to see that and I don't know I the song to me felt like I don't almost like a palate cleanser with everything that that we've been getting from boy groups lately like I feel like this was kind of like out of left field and like I said before one is it's building a really interesting discography so far and this is just like in line with that Yeah, you mentioned the the music video. What did you think of that? The music video. Um, I mean, I mean, it goes along with yeah. this traditional. Uh, yeah, sound, I just feel right? like the music video was a little bit low budget. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But the, but again, the styling like it looked cool. Like, were were they handbooks? But it like the. The colors were really pretty, and they complemented the and it the, the members really well, and it did go with the with the entire thing. So it was like really cool to see. Like it would have been, I don't know, kind of dumb to like dress them, you know, like oh hashtag swag or something. And the song is like that. So, so yeah, I mean the 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 music video could have been better, but you know you work with what you have. No, I thought this song was. It kind of reminded me of. Not sorry. Don't um, say BTS Idol. No, definitely. Okay, okay nothing is good BTS, but um, more so um, like Top Dogs Out of Rio. Oh, Out of Rio. That's what it kind of reminded me of with all like the traditional elements. But yeah, I saw a lot of people uh, on Twitter. They bringing bringing up Top Dog and how it reminded them of that song, but but the cool thing is that it was never like you know because there it wasn't like a fandom like a fandom thing where it's like oh they copied it was just like oh this happened and it's cool and it reminded me of us and especially since I mean R.I.P. Top Dog. So what do you think, Stephen? You know, I really I really focused on the music video. Um, and I did like the song. I I was just to admit my ignorance here. Obviously, I knew that Korean culture is was has been historically very influenced by China. But just the extent of watching this song, I really was thinking: Are they referencing, you know, traditional Korean culture or Chinese uh, culture? And I actually went back and did a little research. They they say that this is that the videos focus on the Joseon era, which is when I mean, it's like 500 mm. years, so that's not very specific, but that's when all the historical dramas take place. But the, yeah, that, I mean, that just really is how influential Chinese culture was on Korea. All those, the drums and the Chinese dragons and the, you know, uh, obviously the architecture, the costuming and so on, or there wasn't costumes back then. But yeah, it was, it, that, I learned a little something from this video, which I would not expect from a 1S song. But, you know, it's funny that you mentioned songs. You compared this to songs where there's just a taste of a traditional, you know, Gallagum or something, because Dreamcatcher's Deja Vu has that sort of sound at the end of the pre-chorus. And I think that uh, 
Nenkai's last pick has a little bit of that in there, too. Yes. Um, for my last pick, I picked Zico's Human. I really... I, okay, so I, I love somber Zico more than hype Zico. I so it was kind of a breath of fresh air. The lyrics of the song, like, they really struck with me because I was like, oh, like, you know, it's really about him just, like, you know, don't acknowledge me, like, just don't see me as a celebrity, like, see me as a human, you know, outside of that. And, but it's just kind of like, oh, like, taking things for, like, face value. And, like, yeah, like, we all kind of take each other for face value sometimes. I do like the pre-chorus, like, the difference in the pre-chorus and, like, the actual courses. So you still get, like, in his verses, you do get that part hitting Zico to an extent, but it's still very melancholic. And then just the flow. I think it just all flowed very well. One thing I didn't expect was that I actually liked the parts where he's singing uh, a lot better than the rapping sections. It was a good mix. Yeah, I got I got that at at the beginning of the song. I was like, okay, like I like singing to go like yeah, like I, I I'll allow it. And then when he started rapping, it was like, okay, there's like a good, like synergy between like going back and forth. Yeah, I thought it was also interesting that he leaned so hard. You know, I I tend to think of Zico. Maybe I maybe I'm not familiar enough with his whole range of songs that he's put out because I know he does a lot of different things. But I think of it as being more electronic instrument oriented. And it was interesting to me that it started out with a guitar and it was really emphasized the acoustic nature of it to the degree that you could hear you know the string buzz as somebody's moving their fingers up and down the uh the strings so that was not the zico that i was expecting what i found interesting like going back to the lyrics i mean not to take it there but yes going there is that i found it very interesting we'll say like what he's saying like what you were saying then kind his first release since you know like the golden phone incident so i feel like there's a lot of people you know i've never i mean full disclosure i've never been in, never, i've never been into seco like that where you know like i'm not a fan but <laughs> i don't know i i think i am in that minority that i was kind of like you know like kind of by the whole thing so i'm just like you know if i wasn't checking for seco i'm not checking for him like even like I only I only watched this video because you put it up. Yeah. And you know, like I mean, everyone has their different opinions and it's fine. I mean, when I started watching it, I, I was obviously like, okay, like I mean Seiko is really talented and when he's not being problematic, like he's he puts out really good work. But yeah, but I just kept going back to the like, mm, this is really interesting, like because of the lyrics and this is like his follow up from since that whole incident. I don't want to take it back to girl groups, but it's it, if if you're talking about you know uh, references to real life events, uh, you know that was one of the things about Twice as Feel Special was uh, I think it was written by JYP, and there was some thought that uh, you know some of it was referencing Mina's struggles. Mm-hmm. 
And and also, uh, you know, now that I think about it, Crush, I saw some discussion about that that, that was sort of an autobiographical uh, sort of song too. So several of these, I, th- I think we can say that uh, probably Pony and Dreamcatcher are not uh, autobiographical <laughs> releases, but but some of some of our picks this week relate to the artist's real life experiences. I thought that September, like overall, like September, or, yeah, September releases were all kind of sad. Like overall, everyone's feeling down because we're heading into fall, I guess. Yeah, even Twice's song, like it's kind, it is kind of sad, especially Mina, like Mina's line. I don't remember what she sang, but I remember thinking, oh, or Mina. I think the music video sort of supported that too. Yeah. Plus, I, I, it wasn't clear to me if it was like they were singing it to each other or, or it was like they're singing it to their yeah. fans. I thought it was a like to the fans. That's what I thought it was. Right. I was just really genuinely happy it wasn't <laughs> to a boy. <laughs> Like honestly, enough of that, right? That's my bar with Twice. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Wait, what are Twice stands called? Once's. Once's. I'm sorry, Once's. But that's my bar with Twice. Don't don't sing to boys all the time. Well, that's it for today's episode of September's Roundups. We had a lot of really cool picks. Y'all should check them out if you want to. Thank you so much for listening to us. And you can catch up on all the past episodes of Cultine's K-Pop Unmuted on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and maybe Stitcher if that's still around. I don't know. So where can everyone find you guys on social media? You can find me on Twitter and Twitter at Nenkai Agbor and on Instagram Nenkai K Agbor. And you can find me on Twitter at Tennessee Appeal. Alexis, how about you? You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram with at H O E underscore D O Y A N. You can also follow cult scene at cult scene and every social media and also kpop unmuted at kpop unmuted on twitter and yeah that's it thanks guys bye bye